You are tuned in to Kids in the Pit. Hey guys, it's Gabe from the Kids in the Pit podcast. Today I'm here with Milo Ackerman from The Descendants. Hey Milo, I met you at Four Chord Festival and at Furnace Fest. I saw your band at both, and both your sets were really fun. Thank I dressed you. this way because I was you for Halloween a few days ago, and here's the mask uh, my mom and I made. That's cool. I like the, 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 the tie, the addition of the tie. Yeah. Which means it's more like the Cool to Be You album cover. Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> okay, so for those who don't know, what do you do in the band Descendants? I'm the singer of the Descendants. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so what year did the Descendants start, and how old were you? Um, they started in 78, but I didn't join until 1980, uh, so I'm not even original. But, Wait, uh, yeah. you weren't always in? I wasn't always in it. It was originally a three-piece band, and then I joined two years later because I, the, two of the guys in the band went to my high school, and I heard some of their music and was really like, yeah, I love this. And so then I went to see them practice, and, and they, they said, hey, do you want to sing? I go, okay, I'll sing. But who was the singer? Was it the guitar player? It was the, each of them sang. It was a three-piece power trio, and so like the, the guitar player sang some songs and the bass player sang some songs. Oh. And so when I joined, I just sang all the songs. Basically. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 1978 was actually the year my mom was born. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what song should someone not familiar with the Descendants check out? Well, I mean, I guess people like to listen to Milo goes to college a lot, um, and that's got some songs that we still play today like Hope or um, by Bikeage we still do, My Edge, uh, we'd still do Suburban Home and you know these are all songs that uh, that uh, are kind of the canon of our, the, the main thrust of our live set so yeah. Also why do so many of your songs end with like Edge? The Edge, that's Bill's thing, Bill's the drummer and he had this I don't know, quirk in high school where he'd, he'd say hey hand me that pencil Edge or Hey, I need some paperage, and he would just add edge to everything. That's and he just—he started doing it in high school, and it was just a little weird thing he did. And I think when he started writing songs, the first song he wrote was "My Edge," and it—it was actually called. He he brought the song and said, "Hey, here's my song. It's it's my 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 only song." So he called it "My Edge," like my song. So, nice. Yeah. Subscribe to pit, subscribeage to Kids in the Pit Edge. There you go. Okay, so is it cool having an action figure of yourself? I mean, yeah, that's fun. That's uh, the first time. One. This is a this is a like the the second or third generation of these guys. The first generation, it was it was all bobbleheads, and the bo the bobblehead guy had contacted me and said, "Hey, we want to do a Milo bobblehead." And I was just kind of blown away. I kind of put it up there. Was like, I talked about our van. We had a van shoe, and I was like, okay. Well, now we know we've made it. Once you get a van shoe and a bobblehead, you know. So that yeah. this is kind of the newest thing. Is like, I guess they've moved on from bobbleheads to more action figures now. And yeah. I guess this guy's kind of a Gumby thing, and you can kind of, uh, you know, articulate the arms and stuff and make them do stuff. I've seen, like, um, grill, grill biscuits. Yeah, grill biscuits ones. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fun. I think they're made by the same people because they like have a very similar yeah. style to that one. I mean, I'm not a collector of, of stuff in general, but I think people who get into collecting, you know, that you know, uh, action figures and stuff, think they could collect that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I collect like guitar picks and set lists. Yeah.
stuff that, like that. Yeah, that's, and you can get them signed mm -hmm. by, by the artist. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything signed by Bad Religion? Uh, well, I so there was this guy that sent me. It was like uh, it was Christmas last year. He sent me a signed set list. Nice. Uh, from Bad Religion. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are nice. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite Descendants song is Coffee Mug because it's so fast. Even though I don't drink coffee yet. Uh, what is your favorite song to play live? That's definitely one of them. We always play that one because we always come out on stage jacked up on coffee. That's just our thing. And so, yeah, we got to play Coffee Mug. But I love off, off of the Hypercaffeine record. It's just the, the really fast, extremely aggressive ones are my favorite ones uh, always to play live. So we'll, we'll always play stuff like Victim. Uh, you know, um, we've been playing this song called... Uh, Nightage, another Edge song. Oh yeah, that's off I of like Night that and one. Walnut. Yeah, I mean, and that's one because I, I just, it's one of these songs that got written by the original bass player way, way back in the day, and uh, we never actually did it. I, I actually never did it live, and so when I had a chance to do it live, to do it for that record, uh, it was like, uh, you know, kind of a real huge opportunity for me to kind of, yeah, you know, kind of relive my past in a certain way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Nightage is definitely one of my favorite songs because that really cool guitar riff in the beginning. Yeah. It's like almost metal-like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and and it, it was written by the bass player, so it actually starts on bass, and he's going... Yeah. Doo -dee -doo -dee -doo 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 -doo. And, I mean, he, he, uh, he's a, he was a great bass player. Um, that was Tony. And he actually wrote it about another bass player that he had a crush on. So it's kind of a whole... There's a whole thing okay. in that song about, like... I love the way you play bass, and by the way, I love you too, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is your favorite place you've toured in, and what's the most obscure place you've toured in? Um, my favorite place, I'd have to say, is probably Slovenia. Do you, know, do you know where yes, that I is? Yes, I do. Know, I know geography. I know okay, where every single yeah. country is in the Yeah, place. okay. Well, most of them. Yeah, and uh, Slovenia is great because it's a little off the beaten path. It's, it's you know, it's in Europe, and yeah. but it's not really a place, it's not a destination if you're, that you really think of all the time, but I, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place. It's kind of in the in the Italian near the Italian Alps, yeah. and we always play this festival, punk rock holiday there, and it's just always a just a fantastically fun time. That's so cool. yeah, Slovenia, I'll go back there anytime. Yeah, and then my most obscure place, we played China, and oh. we we I don't know if we're ever going to go back there. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but you don't get to go to China very much. Have you played anywhere like um, Africa? No, you know, there's not that many punk rock shows. I, I can't imagine people being able to line up many punk rock shows there. Or, say, in India. I'd love to play India. But the, I guess, uh, you know, we've played Japan. I guess that's probably the most exotic place we've played, I guess, besides China is Japan. So, but nice. I, love, I love Japan, too. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, stick to your guns. You know Stick to your guns? No. Oh, they're like uh, hardcore more. But... Uh, they played, this is Africa Fest. It's a thing in it's Nairobi, a, okay. Kenya. Cool. And they were the first ever American hardcore band to play uh, yeah. uh, in Kenya. See, I'd love to do something like that. Just to, you could just to see a whole different culture that maybe hasn't really been exposed to this music. And you, know, and, you, and you can be exposed to their culture and they can be exposed to our culture. You know, that's a whole yeah. great thing. Yeah. Um, I've heard of, uh, also Unearth and Comeback Kid, they played South Africa, like Cape Town, Johannesburg, okay. yeah. stuff like that. That's, you know, rock bands tend to go that direction for most, yeah, they you know, do. For, for, for Africa, basically, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so do you have any crazy tour stories you'd like to share? 
Oh man, I don't know. This is how old are you? You're eleven. You're ten. Eleven. I've we did stuff back in the day that's not P. Not, not PC. Not P well, I mean, I'm gonna say it involved it involved defecation and stuff, and so I won't go into it. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, is it? I don't know. This is you know, kind of like I don't know what defecation means. Oh, poop. You know, we have songs about farting and stuff, right? And so you might imagine that we might have some weird tour stories that involve things that come out of your butt. And, you know, we've, we've been in situations where the bathrooms were uninhabitable and you couldn't do that. So you had to choose a creative way to go to the bathroom. Enough said. Oh, okay then. So what was the first concert you went to and how old were you? Um, I think the f first concert... I went to that wasn't just some band playing at a at a at a fair, <laughs> which doesn't count, I don't think. Was uh, actually Black Flag at Pollywog Park. So Black Flag had been around touring or had been playing around L.A. for the most part, and they um, they played a show at this at this park that was in my hometown basically. And so I uh, thought, well, this is an, a good chance for me to see Black Flag. I hadn't really. I'd heard of them, but hadn't heard their music or anything. And I went and goes to go see them play at, at Pollywood Park, and they started a riot. So that was kind of very uh, um, memorable to see this band that I'd never heard of before. Just basically, it, it wasn't a riot; it was food. It was a food fight, really, is a what it was. A food fight. Yeah, they started at a hardcore show. Well, yeah, because because it was in a park, right? It was in, it was at the Pollywood Park. So everyone who came to the park to see the band. Well, they didn't know who they were going to actually see. They thought they were going to see some like army marching band or something. Um, and but they were seeing Black Flag, and they all brought pic everyone, all the audience brought picnic baskets full of food because that's what you do. You'd you'd have a picnic while you watch this band play. So Black Flag tears into their first song, and people start throwing food at them because they they say you guys suck. We hate your music. <laughs> and so then Black Flag's throwing food back at other people, and I'm that's sitting there awesome. going, Wow, I'd never. I've never even heard of these guys. I've heard of them, but I hadn't heard their music. It was kind of kind of went over my head, but very memorable. At any rate. I hope that's. Uh, I hope that there's a video for that on YouTube because I want to see that. You know what? I I don't know if there is, but there's pictures for sure. There are okay, definitely good. pictures. You can look up some pictures of, of the food fight. Black flag. Black flag food fight. Yeah, Poly Pollywog Park. Okay. Very very memorable. Very historic, in a, in a yep. certain way. Yeah. Okay, so what are some bands you grew up listening to that influenced you in your musical career? Well, I had to start with the Beatles. I mean, the Beatles is well, yeah. a, are they're a band that um, you know I was I was I'm old enough to have been around when they were playing, and and I definitely uh, you know kind of I, I definitely kind of worshipped at the altar of the Beatles for many years. <laughs> but then when I, when when New Wave happened, I kind of got into some New Wave bands like Devo. Devo was one that kind of helped me make the bridge to actually listen to punk because once you listen to Devo, you're not that far from just listening to punk rock at that point. You heard of Devo? Uh, no, I haven't. Listen to some Devo. Devo's okay. great. <laughs> um, and I was a nerd too. I was a nerd, so I, like Devo was a perfect band for me to listen to at that point. And I, once I got into Devo, then I actually went to a concert where Devo in the, played and the opening band was a band called X. And X is the band that really got me into punk rock. Oh. Um, X is a band from LA that were just pioneers in that whole punk rock thing, and they're great. So X is another band to check out. That's cool. Uh, so besides music, I heard you had an interesting career. What is it? I was a, a, a scientist. I was a 
I was a geneticist. I just, I, and I worked, uh, I, I got a PhD in, in molecular biology. And then I went to go work at a company called DuPont, which is actually here in Delaware, or was in Delaware. And that's kind of how I ended up, one of the reasons I ended up in, in Delaware was uh, was because I worked at DuPont. And that was, a, uh, what I did is I, I, I worked on plants and I tried to, I tried to help, I tried to make plants that were more, that were more uh, efficient uh, growing and more, more higher yielding for the farmers. Because wow. farmers need to have that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, I, I did that by, through genetic, genetic uh, techniques. I don't think I've really ever heard the word molecular, well, the words Mole molecular biology before. Molecular biology, it's where, it's where biochemistry meets genetics to kind of together. Huh. Um, it's where, if you think about what genes do, and you're interested in, in the genes that we have in our bodies, what, yeah. how they perform in your body, what they do, what their function is, that's basically molecular biology. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, so um, what's this song? You have a song about getting old and wondering what life will be like. You don't seem that old yet, but uh, did you think you'd still be playing shows at whatever age you are now? No, I definitely didn't, especially because we talked about this other career that I had, so I had already kind of said, see you later to the whole rock world uh, while I was in at DuPont, just kind of doing my science gig. But I found that every time I came back to do shows, it's it's really what kept me feeling more youthful, so I feel like youth, youth is a construct that, or age I should say, age is a construct that doesn't have a lot of meaning. If you can feel the way that I feel when I'm on stage, I don't feel my age. I feel you know like thirty or something. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's kind of how I feel about uh, doing it at my age. There was a time when I would have poo-pooed the notion that oh, you shouldn't be doing this in your 50s or 60s or whatever. But, you know, there's plenty of examples of people that do that. The Rolling Stones are still doing it, so. Oh, they're still playing? Yeah. So why can't I do it if they can? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's great because a lot of them, we have a lot of peers in, in the punk rock genre that are kind of saying the same thing. Like, no, we want to keep doing this, and there's no reason we can't. We're, gonna, we're basically, I'd say, uh, putting our foot down and saying, you can't make a stop, we, you know. We're only going to stop if it stops being fun, but yeah. that's the whole point. Like, death's going to make you stop. Yeah, like. I'll probably die on stage. Huh. I don't know. Okay, so um, do you live in a suburban home? I do. Nice. <laughs> do you still sleep on the floor? No. No, that's, that's, that ended probably in uh, 86. <laughs> we, did, we did have um, our first... Uh, our first rehearsal studio, we actually lived in it. Oh. Uh, and so a lot of times you, well, we had some beds built in the back. We actually hammered in, made some, constructed some beds in the back for people to sleep in. But a lot of times you just wasn't enough beds for the people. And so I would just sleep on the floor of the rehearsal studio. So that was back in, the, that was a while ago. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Okay, so apparently you like food because it tastes good. What is your favorite food? Oh, that's tough. Uh, I mean, probably pizza. <laughs> nice. Yeah, pizza's really good. Yeah, you just always can count on it. It's like, when have you ever had a bad pizza? Even bad pizza is good. So. Yeah. yeah, like you can't have that bad of a pizza. No. Like it's it got to be really, really atrocious 
for you to yeah, be like, it has to be no, like, thank you. <laughs> smothered in like dog poop or something. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to eat that. Yeah. Yeah, that has, that's like the only way you can get a bad pizza. Yeah, I don't think I want poop pizza. Yeah, I don't think you do. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the tip on that. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay, so if you could have dinner with three people, either alive or dead, who would you choose? John Doe from X, because I've actually met him now a few times, and every time I meet him, I'm just like, I am not worthy, I'm not worthy. But if I had dinner with him, then we could just bro down. I wouldn't have to be so humming, humming, humming around him. So John Doe of X for sure. Um, oh, alive or dead. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, Gregor Mendel, he's a geneticist who discovered, just discovered what genetics is. Wow. He's, he's long dead, but I mean, the guy was a genius, so I'd, yeah, I'd love to have dinner with him. That's cool. Um, probably some good uh, bratwurst because he's... German. Um, nice. And uh, who's a third person? Oh, oh, I guess, uh, I don't know, Barack Obama. <laughs> I don't know why. Just like, I you mean, know. I he's cool. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, he'd have, a, I think he'd have a lot to say about uh, where we need to go as a country. I don't know. Of course, yeah. I wish he was, had more power to do something about it, but that's, what are you going to do? Yeah. Okay, uh, mine would probably be like, I don't know, Jamie Joster from Hatebreed, Greg Graffin, and uh, so my great-grandma, when my mom was pregnant with me, she died, So, and I would love to just meet her, so yeah. those are my three people. That's a good, good point. People who you just barely missed out on meeting. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I never got to meet my grandf grandfather, so same thing. Oh, sad. Yeah. I'd like to meet him sometime. Yeah. Okay, so what advice would you give to your 10-year-old self? Don't be so, don't be such a wallflower. Don't be so shy. I was really shy at that age. I, um, I spent my early, early teens really just being afraid to, um, to be myself. Because, what are you, you're 10? Yeah, I'm 10. Well, yeah, I'm going to so, be 11 tomorrow. But, okay. Well, not when, so when this comes out, not tomorrow. So what's going like, to happen is you're going to go into middle school, and there's going to be all these people ju tr judging you, and you're just going to be like, why are you judging me? Or, and why, you know, why are you forming these little cliques that I, that, and, and excluding me and well, all this kind of stuff? actually, I'm homeschooled, but... Okay, well, maybe you can avoid all that. Um, but that's one thing. I just I think uh, it, after a while, you just... What I found myself doing is just kind of like turning inward and not really, you know, becoming shyer and shyer by the year. It wasn't until I joined the band, really, that I broke out of that. So we're talking, you know, six, seven years later wow. where, I, where I was finally like, screw it. I, I need to, I need to, I need to be me. And if, and if being me means being a dork, being a, a nerd, then, then that's, then I'm just going to embrace it. So what I'm going to say is, Advice to give would be embrace who you are and and let your freak flag fly. Yeah. yeah. Nerd, also, being a nerd isn't a bad thing. If you're a nerd, you're usually going to be smart. And, yeah, nerds are just... Yeah, well, I mean, that's thing. the thing is I think, I think it's better for nerds these days. I think nerds have a little more cachet than they used to. When I was growing up, you didn't want to... You didn't want to be a, what you, they call you a bookworm because you read so much. Yeah. I read a lot. I was a bookworm. Or I had glasses, so that made me a nerd because I had glasses. Or, you know, I got good grades or whatever it is. All of it was just like, nerd. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's this movie called Revenge of the Nerds. I feel like that's what's happened. 
it's been the revenge of the nerds, and, and now it's, 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 it's cool to be a nerd. Yeah. Go, nerds. I'm probably going to watch Revenge of the Nerds sometimes. Go for it. It's, yeah, cool. it's good. Yeah. So would you like to add anything before we wrap this up? No. Uh, well, uh, I hope you're sh uh, good luck with your show, Kids in the Pit. Thanks. Um, who did the art? Uh, so we pretty much just like got it on Etsy, but we did add the rainbow guitar. We added the microphone and the podcast thing. That's cool. So. Yeah. Pretty rad. And how, how was your um, Halloween experience? Awesome. Yeah. Got tons of candy. Tons of candy. Because it was rainy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We only got one, one trick-or-treater group. One. Well, it was you awful. You should just dumped all the candy. I mean, I, the people that came, I, I was like, take it, you know. Yeah, so. I got so much candy because of that reason. Like, since there weren't many kids, I got, like, handfuls upon handfuls of candy. Yeah. My bucket was overflowing. It was falling out, like, mid-trick-or-treat. Mid yeah. There's no shortage of candy when no one shows up. Yeah. I had about 10 pounds, yeah. probably. And you're going to eat it all, but maybe not all at once. Yeah, I'll probably eat. You got to sequester it away. It's going to take like a year to eat. Yeah. And then, the, and then it starts turning, the chocolate starts turning a little white. And you're like. It does? I'm eating it anyways. <laughs> it just means that it's gotten kind of old. It's still good to eat, but it's going to turn a little white. And that's when oh. you know it, you've had it for too long. Oh, and then, so when it turns white, you're, you're like, okay, I got to eat this now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks so much, Milo, for joining me for this interview. Thanks for all of you for watching or listening. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow me on Spotify. Until next time, bye!